Committee met uh, about two weeks ago. Um, we're still in the process of figuring out what we want to do, um, how we want to handle it. It's so, and I don't remember what the updates were on it, to be honest. Well, I think the, the main thing the committee was talking about is, first of all, continuing to get an understanding of the environment, what's happening right in this space. Ultimately, having it go to a resolution to be voted on by the council. And I think the last thing that was being talked about was the concept of potentially taking this to a referendum instead of letting it just be a council vote. And the view on this, Nick, is that it's, it's a very important issue for the town. And a lot of other towns are taking the route of referendum versus just leaving it to the council to decide. So although we haven't taken a strong vote yet, I think there are differing opinions on the council about this right now on the way forward. So the committee is going to review with the rest of the council members the recommended path going forward either to have a council vote or a referendum. We will make that public once that's decided. And certainly, if it's going to go to a referendum, there will be uh, workshops and council meetings to discuss this further and share it with the public. Okay, so right now, no timeline on that referendum. I would say that's a fair assessment. Okay. Um, 
So one of, the, one of the things that also came up with the referendum is, as you know, we've been going through the school issue and that's going to be a referendum as well. So we don't want to confuse, we don't want to put the two things on the same ballot uh, for November. So the chances are the referendum will probably be sometime next year. If it doesn't go to November, it may be a special election type of referendum thing. So we're not sure, but we haven't figured that out yet. But I know we, I, I know as a committee we had spoken that we definitely don't want to have those two things on the same on the same vote voting ticket. Understood. So a little slow process with it. Yeah. Um, my next question was, have, are you open to, is the council open to meeting privately with interested parties? And have you already? Uh, well, we, you guys have come in, presented your case. Um, I think we had one other group come in and present uh, just briefly le with less detail than you. Um, but I think the big thing, the big question that I, most of the council has is, are the numbers, um, not just not just monetarily, but also the uh, legally. Um, what are the aspects? What, what what are the problems that most that other towns are facing? And that's why we're, we're and that's why we're that's why we're kind of in a wait and see type of uh, mode right now. Well, I just want to throw it out. You know, my team and I would be willing to meet privately. They work with the dispensaries in other states. They've gone through pitfalls up and down to bringing this to light so just wanted to throw yeah no we we, and I appreciate the we remember your presentation and it was very thorough and we do appreciate you coming in and doing that and offering to do it as again also Nick well, if I could just add a comment to that so at today's meeting we're going to pass a resolution to formalize the canvas committee okay, we discussed it previously so today we're going to pass a resolution to do that the chair of the committee is Jeff Booker Kevin and I are also on it um, I think all of us certainly believe in full transparency. I don't know if the best way to go about it would be hold individual meetings with individual council members. I don't feel that that, in my own opinion, would be very productive. You're entitled to do that and reach out to any of us anytime you want. But I think the committee is going to try to bring forward, based on both public opinion, council perspective, and what's going on in the environment, recommendations to the council. So once it's formalized as a committee, my own recommendation would be to reach out to the committee for those kind of discussions. Because then we're in a position to bring it together and then bring it to the council. Does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you for explaining. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's all my questions. Thank you. Thank you. Your time. Thank you, Nick. Anyone else? Any questions? Any remarks? Move on to the items for discussion. And more than capital projects update. <coughs> uh, council, we. Uh, we are completing very slowly uh, the process of doing the concrete out front and the concrete in front of the uh, municipal complex uh, uh, near the fire department's uh, front doors. Um, they were supposed to be done, but they didn't come last Friday, uh, and it's almost Friday now. But they did do the correction out front. They have to finish the concrete out there and do the balance of the concrete. Uh, the uh, sprinkler system went in in front of the municipal complex where the new uh, plantings were uh, n near uh, Woody's. Uh, that was completed, uh, turned over to us, and uh, Dave and Dave Barley and Frank Lawrence have uh, gotten uh, educated on how to uh, set set the uh, set the program. The, and uh, that's all I have really. Those are the only two capital projects ongoing right now. We're doing. We're trying to get prices for some work at the old uh, Borough Hall, the community center, for some additional railing. Um, we have the prices, we just have to set up that. The lighting was done in the interior, I believe, uh, Councilman. Yeah. And uh, 
And then we got the lights for the basketball court out here. As Dave just got one quote, so we're hoping to get a couple other quotes because the quote came in a little bit higher. Than a lot of the contractors are pretty busy right now. It's right. tough to get them out here. Um, so that's it. That's progress. And just on the, on the fire apron out front in that area, that's something that they are definitely going to address. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just been authorized. Okay. Hey, Chris, if I could just interrupt for a second. Apparently there's no audio. I see the light is on, but people online cannot hear it. They can't hear us? Right. That's my wife telling me that she can't hear us. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. It's a reliable source. No, I don't worry about it. It says, that's on. With Jeff here and my wife dropping off, I don't think there's anybody else online. But turn it on and it won't be good anytime. It would be good if it worked. Turn on. So the microphone is on. I just turned it off. It's plugged in. It's plugged in down here. It's on. The light is on. Yeah, see, it's on. But I just checked. She. Yeah. She's no longer on, so our, our canary can't tell us. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I didn't know you could hear me. Um, we could, and then all of a sudden you dropped off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you just dropped off. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there, but. Okay. Um, Let's keep going. Uh, public safety update. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. start with um, fireworks went off. They were great. Phenomenal. Had, great say, job. I had all, everything worked out well. Um, the police, the fire department, these guys at the road department gave me were a game changer. Um, everybody did a great job of council support, especially from you guys. If you wanted to do that, and money. Standing the hard with fireworks were good. I don't know if anybody, most people were out here. It was a pretty good time and um, no problems. So that was one thing that hopefully we can do again next year. You can pop that budget and make it bigger, right? Um, anyway, so that's one good thing we did happen. Our ticket count is about about 1,200 tickets so far this year, give or take a few. Um, tickets are still coming in. Some guys will have their books and we've had some good weather. so. Plenty of tickets have been issued, so people say there's nothing being forced to be what the numbers are there. Uh, John Marys told me last night that the kiosks are about $358,000. Um, we're up 71000 more than last year at this time. So um, the weather's been good, people are paying, which has been a good thing. And they've actually been running pretty good. Our, our specials have been being the checklist since 10 times a day to make sure they're all working, so they are working. Um, over the past month, even longer, we've had plenty of people arrested, disability persons, assaults, harassment, domestic violence, lewdness, inappropriate behaviors, DWIs, people going to crisis, officers getting assaulted, high-speed chases, low-speed chases, boat chases, you name it. It's been some time, and that's just not trade with Lane. So everything's been pretty much where we are in the summertime. We're definitely going full speed ahead. Uh, a couple things I want to just talk about real fast at executive sessions, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, but we are definitely going. And as you know, um, there's been a lot of utility work at nighttime. Jay and Kylie and New Jersey National Gas started the main up by the Highlands Bridge, running all the way down past Via Ripa, do a lateral utility work. We started about 7 8 o'clock at night, going until 6 o'clock in the morning. 
somewhere after every single lane too. Other than that, it's um, just normal summertime stuff, crowds and people and no. pedestrians and traffic supposed and everything to. up to date. You know, you see what's happening on the bridge. I don't have to tell you anything there, but there's all full speed too. Chief, can you explain the cannabis regulations? Uh, yeah, matter of fact, I can. So as you know, when this law did come out, one of the biggest problems that we had that the marijuana, the smoking of the marijuana in public, what wasn't the primary offense. If we have to let somebody for smoking marijuana, it would have to be the secondary offense. So we let to fight them the marijuana. What's happened is, and I know Jim can explain this, we are still, our hands are tied with the marijuana. If you violate anyone's civil rights, of course, can be held liable. We can still be charged with a third degree crime. Essentially, we're getting treatment miles. If a police officer feels the situation incorrectly, there's a gray area there where the person feels they were held or improperly contacted. See, as a police officer, we always want to go talk to anybody. But the law ties their hands for the first time in that regard. You can't go talk to somebody because it's marijuana, particularly two miles. And if, like I said, it's rare, it could be interpreted that we're violating the civil rights and we've been told we would charge criminally if we did that in the past. So it's not just see right across the state. Police are frankly scared to uh, deal with the people who juveniles smoking marijuana because they don't want to lose their job and they don't want to go to And it's the way the law is written. So it's greater constraints than other crimes. You, uh, have, yeah. to, you have to. Like I said, we've never been told we can't. I can go to anybody. Talk to them. Doesn't be about a crime. I can't go to somebody who's a crime. It has to be the secondary offense. Yeah, I understand. Which is kind of ridiculous. But people are asking, or we're getting some criticism about that. And I just wanted Brett and, and yeah, him it, to kind of explain it a little bit. It, it is police generally in New Jersey are taking a hands-off approach just because one says that the directive says an officer can be charged with deprivation of civil rights even if they do not intentionally violate the law. So that's what they're telling the police. The police are basically taking a hands-off approach until this thing is settled. We knew from last year, because I remember reading this to everybody last year, if everybody wants a copy of the AG guidelines, the update, I have a copy of it, wants to take a look at it. It was just updated at the end of May. So, so, so the net effect of this law is Police departments, police officers are purposely backing away. They're backing from away. Anybody suspected of smoking marijuana? Correct. And even if we did approach that person, tell them stop. They just police regards, walk away, keep smoking. You can't, you can't detain them. You can't search them. You can't confiscate marijuana even if it's a, a ten-year-old smoking, unless there's some sort of community caretaking aspect where we're trying to, you know, they're they're so intoxicated that they need medical attention. Outside of that. Is it with is it with everyone or, or just minority? I mean, just uh, minors. Yeah, with everybody. With, but with the minors, particularly, I think there's a, a carve out in the law. I mean, if you see a 40 year old guy out there, you know, smoking on the beach, you can't walk up and say, "Listen, you can't be smoking on the beach." Right. They can't smoke on the beach. Yeah. Well, it does just because they can't doesn't mean they're not. It's <laughs> <laughs> the marijuana itself. We're not having complaints of cigarettes or. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's cigars but, or pipes. It's the marijuana. Well, yeah, no, but that, I mean, people people break the law all the time. People Chief, not, not to believe <laughs> this, but what's the layman's explanation of the intent of that? What, why, why specifically that? What's your understanding? My understanding is they wanted us to. 
when they passed this law, they wanted us to stay away from it. They wanted marijuana to become legal, and it was okay to smoke. There's really no other explanation why they had us do this, just to stay away from certain individuals. And it was a free fall. They never gave us that explanation. It, uh, it, it, if I could briefly interject, I think from, from, this, from the, uh, the public policy discussion around cannabis, um, back when the uh, referendum was, was being debated and talked about and, and legislature and then went to the ballot and all those things, one of the things that, 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 um, the, that, that, that was being discussed is it, it's not, it's fairly well known, and I say this as, as a son of a cop, as many of you know, um, it's fairly well known that, that um, the war on drugs as it pertains to marijuana and how that was enforced globally, et cetera, um, it is there, there was a belief and the data shows that um, there were more, uh, um, proportionally, percentage-wise, there were more um, people of color who were being prosecuted for um, marijuana use, uh, even though the usage figures between all populations and percentage-wise was fairly similar. Um, the, the amount of black and brown people who were um, uh, being prosecuted for this was much higher uh, than, than, than their white counterparts. That's, that's, that's what the data shows. It's really not up for debate. So I think part of the intention you know, from as far as the, the legislature, and I don't want to get it right, you know, shock, but, 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 but I think part of the intention was there was a belief that sometimes I'm not saying our, our, our good folks here, but there, in other places there may have been situations where people were, were uh, selectively enforcing it uh, as far as uh, a cannabis uh, you know, um, possession, et cetera. And in, in some cases, it's not, again, it's out there, was, was being used to target certain segments of the society. So um, the data just shows that. So it, it kind of is what it is. Um, so I think part of the the thought process was to um, make it harder for folks in authority to do that. And I'm not saying they got it right, I mean they did, but, 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 but that's, I think that was the intent. So, um, uh, but that, again, that's what I remember hearing during the public policy debate of the whole thing. So, um, you know, that, that I one question I would have to follow up, Chief, is, is as you look at your, your counterparts and uh, other cities and etc. Uh, that have uh, um, medicinal dispensaries, etc. Um, has there been an uptick in 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 crime or issues or uh, disorderly situations? That that sort of thing. Have you seen? Have you Some of the dispensaries, no, it's, it's the same. I don't have any data, but I haven't heard of any coughing dispensaries. Have you seen Have you seen an uptick? from last year to this year, summer-wise, as far as that, like disorderly persons and whatever, you know, those type of, the, the list that you read out earlier when you first stood up? Um, it's about the same, I don't have the exact stats, but I know the tickets, I think, are up a little bit more from two years ago. But you know what, it's just, um, we've had nicer weekends and we've been busier at nighttime and we've taken a lot of our manpower and kind of moved it up just because of that alone. But the stats will probably be about the same, I think, with the actual, would it be would it be difficult because I mean obviously this is a subject of concern with us would it be difficult for you to pull out the pull those stats from maybe like the past three years and kind of look at the number just the numbers yes. not necessarily the types of yeah, that's I think it would be really hard at this early stage to draw a correlation 
Well, yeah, I, 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 no, I get that, but it, 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 it gives us something, you know. I mean, obviously, this, this, the, the, the weather is an issue. The weather's in a, you know, a variable. There's a lot of, a, yeah, there's a lot of different variables, but at the same time, we can kind of look at it. I mean, if you do a direct correlation, you say, yes, this is that, then th that's not fair. But uh, it kind of gives us at least some numbers to look at that we can say, you know, and then project forward maybe next year when we get around to it. Because obviously, I don't, I don't think we're going to get the cannabis thing done this year um, but next year like maybe we could see a, a trend and see if there's a problem going on or if anything like I, that. I, I would make a suggestion on the committee we have to come up with a strategy of public awareness because this is an issue that there, it, it, it's a very divisive issue. Right? Some people are strong against it, some people are strong in favor. It's coming, it's leaving, that's the bottom line. It's already here. It's here, right? So, uh, you know, I think there's a public awareness issue because there are a lot of residents in town both who talk to the council members and put stuff on social media that they are frustrated with the police department's inaction related to cannabis use. And the reality is, it's not there's just not here. much the police department can actually do. I mean, as I flip through these questions, and not to belabor this too long, one of the most striking ones, when an officer comes across a juvenile who's under the age of 18 using cannabis, can the officer do a curbside warning versus writing a ticket? No, unless they carry more than six ounces. If you just stop right there, and that's only one question on this page, it basically says, and I understand what you're saying, you have to take the hands-off strategy. So as we work our way through this, I think the committee has to establish a methodology of determining the way forward on cannabis retail in town, but also public awareness, so we can at least deal with criticism, which when your hands are tied, there's only so much energy. How many kids will walk out with six ounces of marijuana? Right. Well, they're, 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 and that's the update from the attorney general right there. Yeah. Six ounces. Well, it, it, it is. What well, kind of kid has that much money? It's like this. I think the likelihood of that happening is, is, uh, is, is fair, fairly new. And again, part of the committee's work will be to get to the facts, stay out of feelings, and, and, and get to the facts about what is and what isn't, and, and then come back and report back. And part of that review with the information from the chief and other sources, industry, law enforcement, that's how you get to the bottom of things. So, so it's actually just look at it and study it. So, um, I, you know, whenever we memorialize the committee, we look forward to having those kind of discussions with industry and with law enforcement and, and other stakeholders. So the last thing I'll say on this is, right, before, remember, April is one who was effectively legalized, right? So we're only a couple months past that. I think rushing into anything creates an unknown, and we are learning a lot by what's happening in other communities. We have to take that on board as well. Here's a question, Chief. On Harvard Beach, can you comfortably just go ahead and tell the people no smoking on Harvard Beach? Yeah, you know, we have guys that are out there control the smoking, tell them no smoking, no drinking, they're writing the alcohol tickets. You know, the tickets are writing out there, but the marijuana thing has been a hands-off approach just because of that. But just on smoking, you can say yeah. no smoking on the beach. But we're not having a problem with people smoking cigarettes or cigars or pipes. It's the marijuana that we're getting some effects about. And why one thing, some of these anonymous letters that we're getting, they are anonymous. I don't really take too much about it. When these letters came out, some of the, the racial overtones, I wasn't going to engage it. I certainly don't write back. I think I do know who kind of write the letters we were thinking. <laughs> and uh, they're talking to Don and some of the other people. We're not having that much marijuana that people are falling next to their cars and can't stand up. That letter, I think.
again, there's, there's, there's a lot of opinion that's based on tradition, feeling, just experiences, et cetera, that, that may not necessarily be, be based in facts or data. What we aim to do is you're making decisions based on facts and data. Uh, and, and from a variety of sources, because generally when you do that, you will, you will get to the truth and you can kind of stress test the assumptions that have been made. So, so um, I think there's good work ahead and, and um, you know, look forward to working with the members of the committee and the council. Yeah, the problem with those, a lot of these anonymous letters is they sound like they sound like reefer madness propaganda. I mean, literally, it's like they're pulling stuff out of thin air and making trying to make something out of it, and it's just like ridiculous. It's yeah, shot. Some of it's just yeah. But, uh, one of the other questions I had for you, Chief, not this topic, but the uh, parking tickets. Um, did we ever get the approval for the second round of fine yeah, increases? I was with Roger last week. He met with. Judge Thornton and Judge Newman, it is in the process, it is in the hands of the tracking now. Okay. okay. I just want to see where we were on that. Thank you. So, for clarification, smoking cigarettes or vaping is not permitted, and you theoretically enforce that, but marijuana, we're staying away well, from Well, it sounds like to me, from what the chief said, if, if the police come across somebody smoking on the beach, they'll say something to them, no smoking on the beach. But they seem to be concerned about doing it if it's marijuana, because if it's marijuana, there are laws against the police engaging, which is it's kind of strange, right? You would think smoking is smoking. Yeah. Well, you could play stupid and be like, I didn't know it was marijuana that they were smoking. They were smoking. I told them not to smoke. <laughs> well, this, as I said, is one of, uh, one of the things that Richard certainly to comment, but um, this is one of the things where I think the intention of some folks was a good one, um, but it's difficult in practice, so, so and, and that's the challenge. So. No, I agree with you. But specifically what you said, Jim, is that there's a little clause in that, even if it's unintended, the police officer can still be in trouble. Correct. I yeah, that's the part that's, that... That's a real... Yeah, it, it also feels like we all have to take a breath a little bit, because this is brand, this is brand new this year, and there's a lot of dynamics going on, and I think there are problems and pluses on both sides of this equation. It's going to level out to something, and then we'll act accordingly. Yeah, and I know Kevin told me a week or so ago a couple of guys sitting in the car in front of his house all get behind the car. And I said, that's legal. I just, I, I, I mean, I just always thought it was like they were going to treat it like drinking in public. Like you can't drink in public, you can't smoke, you can't smoke weed in public. I thought that was the type of thing, but they're 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 aligning it more towards cigarettes and yeah. tobacco than they are towards alcohol, which I think is ridiculous. This is a challenge that the policymakers have, and you know, I think there was a desire to 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 move away from what had been being done, and in many cases have been weaponized, um, trying to move away from that. The logistics of how to do that is, is, is the challenge, and they do not have it right yet. So it's a, it's a work in progress. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. Good morning. Uh, month of June, we did 55 calls for service for the month of June. That's up from 48 last year, putting us at a total of 232 calls for June. Um, again, we're still maintaining that sub five minute response time. That response time is from the minute you call 911 to the fire truck shows up at your front door. Uh, I'm going to touch quickly on training. Um, we sent three more guys through the Swiftwater um, 
pipeline. Uh, two of our firefighters, one, uh, one of the Hudson's Fast Motion Rescue, that brings us up to 25 total, so quite a rescue technician. Uh, in addition to that, we had a very good hands-on class with Tesla to start learning about these new uh, EVs. There's a lot that we still need to take in and consider most um, of the electric vehicles. Um, there was a big, uh, big wake-up call for us, lots of that we didn't know. We did depart while we did our, again, swift water research at, at the bridge, River Day, as we call it, um, where we were able to recertify 20 of our swift water guys at the bridge, which we're required to do annually. And then um, we were fortunate enough, and I want to thank Joe and Frank for, for pulling strings. We were able to get that done going to And then I also want to uh, thank Chris and um, Michelle, because they did a quick turnaround with getting insurance rider. Literally within an hour, we had what we needed that we had to get over to Pearson. So uh, we, was, uh, we spent three days up there, and it was very uh, good for us. Um, total of uh, just just under 1,500 hours of, of training per year for everybody in my. Um, I'm currently working with OEM. My cousin. Um, we were chosen as the pilot department for the entire state to begin typing our flood rescue resources. Um, the state chose them right, so we're working on typing our, our resources that we have so the state can develop a database. So if they have another incident, like we did up in North Jersey, the state can easily look and see who's available, who has what. It's our own resources. Um, and the last thing I have is, and this is a big enough to swallow, but vehicle maintenance, it's the worst that I've seen it in doing the fire park budget since 2008. Um, right now, I'm projected to do just over 53,000 in vehicle repairs this year. Um, and with that perspective, usually the entire fire department budget annually is around 50 55,000. So we're going to be pretty good. And that's with utilizing the county for most of our stuff, which is going to be wash production. So this is what it is. I, I got to keep fixing the fire just so you guys are aware of what we're currently saying. That's without anything breaking through us here. Mr. Mayor, would you like to put further explanation on electric vehicles with your focus of being on forward? So it, it's a multitude of things. Um, there's a lot of hazard tech on these, these new um, electric vehicles. The biggest thing with the Teslas is uh, fire and the fact that there's a, they, they sit on just a very large lithium iron battery, essentially. And um, if those get involved in fire, it's very manpower intensive. It's very involved to, to extinguish it. It's usually about a four or five hour process with about 10,000 gallons of water. To cool that battery down from what they call, what they're referring to it as a thermal runway. And it's, it's, if we have it on Ocean Avenue, it's, it's not going to be good because it, it's going to be a few hours of us just pouring water to cool those batteries down. And it's not going to be good. Did that training include how to deal with uh, battery storage in houses? Because a lot of people still. So, Mayor Kelly actually is one of the providers of that Tesla wall, the charging wall. Yeah. Um, Charlie spoke with him. He's going to set up an in house class with his installer to educate us on that Tesla wall and how they charge. Yeah. Um, speaking with my counterparts over in Middletown, they already had two fires involved in these Tesla walls. Yeah. So it is a thing. And that's a massive amount of energy storage. So it, it is a thing. Yeah. Um, the, the other big thing that we're seeing nationwide is, is the lithium ion batteries that come from China. Um, they're failing usually while they're charging and they're, they're causing increasing on the fire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
a lot of people charging their electric scooters or electric bikes inside their house. Yeah. It's, it's not that anymore. Just a question for all chiefs. It's, I mean, it's obviously big in the news, and I don't think we've had any issues. But the shark side is off of Long Island. It's been a really big deal. And obviously, it's going to be sensationalized. Right? And if you get hit, it's a big deal. But for everybody else, maybe not. Have we had any issues in town? Absolutely not. But um, <laughs> like I have told the lifeguards, beaches are open. There is no shark. We need we need to get a shirt from North Shore for that speech. So far, nothing reported. I watched a show last night. Did you see that? There was a show on Chris Hemsworth, the guy Thor. He did did a thing from Australia, and it was pretty good show. It was from eight to nine on. Well, there has been one shark sighting here. A blip. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> our our Shark Week blimp going by. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, next item we have is uh, bike lane in downtown. Yeah. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Well, Council meetings ago, you know, the council asked me to look at now preliminary study to look at putting a bike lane in the downtown area. So we you know, give me a preliminary map today to look at three sheets and extend from counties to the south to just the old municipal complex. Uh, the areas beyond that, I think, are adequate. The south to the north, this will dovetail uh, perfectly into the new bridge design that's coming in that has a bike lane associated with it on Ocean Avenue. To the north of the bridge, we're going to have some difficulty with the bike lane because of the speed. The lanes are narrow. Um, we have to look at the chair when you fit in there. By law, it will fit, but um, the problem is you can't use a chair if the speed is more than 35 miles an hour. So we would have to petition the state that that road would have to stay 35 all year round, not just in the summer. Well, was it, isn't it the plan with the repaving, with the repavement process project going on up north that they were going to narrow those lanes and put in a bike lane? That's on the table. I haven't, they haven't come through with anything, and I'm, I'm currently in contact with them trying to find out if they're still doing the project or wouldn't do the project. So I'm trying to get that answer out, and they're not too forthcoming with the information. You may want to talk to Chief because. I think that's why they're pushing for the gas and water lines being redone. They're pushing, and they, they've even, not violated, but uh, they're even allowing them to do it during the summer, which they've never really done before to try to get these projects done. We did, the water company was downtown, and now the gas company's uh, in North Beach. Yeah, so um, I mean, if we, can get a hold, if we can get a hold of somebody that's working that paving, repaving project, uh, let's try and push them in the direction of doing that bike lane and maybe having to, you know, because obviously if they narrow those lanes, they're going to have to lower the speed limit because, but that's, that, that was the, that was from the sound of it, from what we, from Joe had mentioned last time, that was the, that was the idea. Narrow the lanes, it just naturally brings the speed limit down because it's, everything's a lot closer. Um, but Greg, and, the only bike lane, specifically bike lane, is right here between River and Peninsula on this. The rest are just shadows, right? Right. Well, we, uh, when you look at this, you can kind of faint to see it, but we put it in yellow. On the easterly side from the new municipal complex to Tommy's, there's a divide enough to actually put a dedicated bike lane. Everywhere else in, this, in the downtown area would have to be a sheriff because they don't have five feet to dedicate just to a bike lane. So the shadow is just going to be painting in the street? Right. But then there'll be signage along the street. Uh, the only, the, the narrowest part of this, and the sheriffs were fine, uh, everywhere. It's just the narrowest part of this is from your 
from the, essentially the new fire station lanes down to the old municipal complex is a little tighter there. It's mostly because of the new bump up concrete island at the end of each street. So it's pretty much like the firehouse to the new street is the toughest area in there. There's room, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to have to be driver awareness and you have parking that's not in line with the street, so people are not aware when they deal with those have a dedicated parking lane like that. When they pull out, they can be slipping into a bike lane. Yeah, that one parking, that one parking section on the east side right in front of um, Woody's is the problem. Yeah, it's problematic. It's going to be an educational thing where you have to have, you know, the drivers have to be where they just can't fly the door open anymore because you could have a bike come yeah. over. And the bike riders have to also be aware that if they see something in the car, there's a possibility the door open. But um, one of the things is this is a preliminary assessment. We didn't do physical dimensioning of every spot. We checked, spot checked some of the narrow spots to make sure it worked. But for us to move forward with this, I would have to do a actual field dimensional plan before we get submitted to the state of the Because they're going to want to see all the dimensions as we would want to make sure. What about the time frame? Um, it would probably take us about a month to do the plan and get it submitted. I would, I would prefer to next month come back with that dimensional plan and show it to the council. And if you guys are agreeing with it, then we'll set the permit and submit to the state for approval. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think it's something we need. Um, because I mean, we do have a lot of bikes in this town. And they're coming because they're, they're south and they're north here, so it's the better. Yeah, especially now with the electric bikes as pop, becoming as popular as they are, we're, we're getting. A, I mean, we're getting a lot of, you know, just workers in town using the electric bikes now. Yeah, they're everywhere. And they, the, the problem is, they do about forty-five miles an hour. Some of them, some of them. So. That's the problem. And and they and they don't they don't they don't consider themselves vehicles so they don't stop at crosswalks greg i think every, everybody in this town would like to have bike lanes and I one of the so. things I'll, I'll ask you to do is give us sort of a comprehensive safety analysis because in my mind yesterday i was driving north of the Rumson bridge there were three bikes on the right hand side as they always are and nobody would pass them so if you have a bike lane there in my opinion the only way you can actually put a bike lane there is move the middle line to the left when you move the little line to the left, the little line to the left, now it increases the risk of head-ons between cars. So before we go do this, I want to make sure we think about unintended consequences of what could happen here. I remember you north of the bridge. Down in the downtown area in the south, I think we have plenty of room where you do not have a problem with not enough room for vehicles to pass the bikes. But if you get north of the bridge, you have that problem. Unfortunately, you have a lot of bike crews out there that don't ride in a single clock. Right. And you get two people ride side by side, there's not enough in the past month. Yeah, I mean, nothing could be worse than what we have now. So if we are going to do this, <laughs> we just got to make sure we don't create a situation that actually has consequences that could be worse. Yeah, I'm pretty confident downtown and south is fine. But, you know, the problem that we have to have analyze is that we're going to invite everybody from the south to come all the way through town or the end of the bridge. We aren't going to, we can't assume that everybody goes west over the bridge and the bridge is up. So we're going to push them into that area, and I think there's some risk there and liability. We're just going to end them in order if there's not a bike lane. We can put a sign up that says, end the bike lane, it's your risk, but I don't think we want to do that either. But if you think about areas where cars are parked, right, if you put a bike lane there, people are going to tend to stay in it. And the only way to fit it is when you're really close to park cars, which means opening cars and doors are going to get hit. Yeah, because yeah, that door swing is in that five-foot sheer lane. That's pretty lane. scary. So. Robson has a couple of signs up for notifying bike lane ends. 
Do your proposed marks, uh, you your bike lane marking, does that continue south of 7-Eleven as well in those, in, in the uh, um, curb? Not right now, not this plan didn't just look downtown, but the lanes are wider. And right, yeah, I mean, we, I'm just saying, you know, we have space south of 7-Eleven. I'm, I'm just saying we should, we should probably mark, have that marked as a designated bike lane. Yeah, I think we have to be out of here, but this was kind of to make sure we downtown with Right. Okay, good. What have yeah, what then we have to do with that. Yeah, it's not we like you said, we don't have a whole lot of choices up north of the bridge, so thank you. Thank you very much, Greg. Do we have number four solid wage contract extension? Um, our contract is expiring in uh, October. End of October. End of October. Uh, it was a three-year contract with the ability to uh, to do two two one-year extensions. Uh, our recommendation would be to extend it. Uh, the 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 industry is in hard times right now, and I think we have our price locked in. And I would recommend we extend it for one year. Have we had any? Um success or issues with the change to the business garbage pickup? I haven't had any complaints yet, but okay. it just started July 1st. Oh, it just started. Okay. July 1. And they, they've left. But I Dave... Uh, <laughs> what? I was just looking for him when I brought Dave made, I, I, Dave and I had a, a talk at a recent meeting and I told him to reinforce with the drivers what our policy is. He did that. Okay. Uh, so... You know, it's five, ninety, five, uh, sixty-four yeah, I, gallon I, I, barrels, or three ninety-six gallon barrels. The big, you know, roll-off. So, so okay, well, since it just started for our next on our next workshop, can you work with Dave to see if we can see yep. if we can get some numbers or at least an idea of how that's working? I will. Thank but it, it's up to council. But I, I don't. I mean, I'm hearing from colleagues of mine that. There's one in, uh, in, in Collingswood, New Jersey, that the contractor walked away from the contract. He had no help. So their whole public works department had to start doing it. Oh, yeah, no, I have no problem. They're, they're I have no problem. The hard time you're talking about is that the business operations in, in garbage companies are struggling because they can't get employees or for other reasons. We had, and, and if Dave was here, he would tell you, uh, the, the, the supervisor, Gabe, was the only guy on the truck this week. They only had one person on the truck. He had to stop the truck, get out of the truck, do it. They're, they're having a really hard time, all of the contractors. Is there, is there, a, um, is there a danger sometimes when, when a market is struggling or whatever have you, uh, that the competition for business you know, is, is, can be significant? And I'm wondering whether or not, I'm wondering if there's any danger or any harm in our, um, you know, Oh, and knowing that we have Plan B to, to roll over another couple of years with one plus one, is, is there a danger to even solicit additional proposals and, and give the market an opportunity to respond? 
because if the market, uh, if, if companies are struggling and you know for various reasons, is there an opportunity for us to, to get? Well, I'll, I'll say that. I'll say this: every time we have put it up for proposal, we get one bid. Whether or not what the what the reasoning behind only getting one bid is, it's the garbage industry. Who knows? But. Uh, <laughs> that we only ever get one bid, and it's, that's all we've ever gotten in the past three or four times we put it out for bid, we've only ever gotten one bid. So is this Rizal we're talking about? That's, Joe, do we think we're getting a fair and equitable uh, cost? I do. And your recommendation to the council is extend year by year the additional contracts. At, at least price. one year. Yeah. 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 We'll make another decision next year if the dynamics change. I don't see, uh, do you see the downside of doing that? What's the downside of making that decision? Well, only what, what, what Jeff brought up, you may be able to get a better price, but I don't know that you are. And I don't know how I would do it. I think if you do it, Jeff, uh, uh, Councilman, I think you have to tell them we're going out to bid again. Yeah. We're not, not sure what's in the contract. You would know that as far as I, I, I think you have to say, no, we're not extending it. We're going out to bid. And then you would kind of roll the dice. I mean, my view on this is they're, yeah. not, they're not perfect. But we have beat them into understanding how we operate in this town, right? And there are certain things they do which are unique to the town. If we feel we're getting a fair and equitable price, and we typically only get one bid, I'd be in favor of just continuing. And they've been pretty responsive mm -hmm. with. Oh yeah. Correcting, correcting their act actions. Um, so they've, you know, they've had issues before. As you said, they've had some issues before where they, you know, trucks leaking and stuff like that. But they've, they've done pretty well with reacting to our complaints and Moment. correcting them <laughs> the for about time. a month and then it happens again. So, but I mean, it is what it is, but like, like, like I, I think what Joe, I think um, what Joe said is, is poignant is the, you know, if we put it out to bid, we may actually lose the contract altogether and we might, we do not have the personnel to be picking up our own trash. Yeah. And if we think it's a reasonable price in the competitive market, I do. I do think it's a reasonable price. It's three years old. They they locked in their number next year. You know yeah. the extension three years ago. Yeah. So it's certainly not going to go down. I don't believe in any significant way. Price of fuel at diesel probably. Yeah, right. probably. So. Well, what do you need from us, Joe? Uh, you know, some tacit approval, and we'll put it on uh, next week's agenda. You know, resolution authorizing the extension. Anybody have issue with it? I don't think I'm good. I think uh, I talked to that driver you mentioned, and he was very upset having to work by himself. So that must be a tension that's going right through the whole company. Well, the industry. So. Yeah. Good. Thank you, Joe. Okay. Yep. We have the Eastern Agreement for Access and Right of Way Crosswalks. Rich, you can work on that. Uh, yeah, so we sent over the draft um, to uh, get some comments, and specifically, I think we wanted to know, um, and I don't know if it's been presented to. Um, it hasn't. It just came out late yesterday. I have copies. Sorry? I don't think anybody's seen it. Well, no, I sent it weeks ago. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the access um, group, right away, uh, specifically to see if the. Um, uh, you know the uh, insurance agent was okay with it because that was that was the question: Is it going to do what we need to do in terms of indemnifying those people, or are we going to allow this? Um, so I was um, 
awaiting comment on that. Okay. And, then, and then we have to present it to um, the property owner. Yes, I, I presented it to the working man, basically a, a template here. But, uh, right. Yeah. And uh, the comment that came back was it would be possible to at least initially have a five year time frame so we could have an opportunity to see how it's working and make changes after that five years as opposed to. You know, I'd have to think about that. I've never seen an easement. I suppose you got an easement that expires. I mean, it's kind of odd once you file it with the, um, the county clerk. Right. Um, I have to look at the mechanism for that um, to see. So I will, I will take a look at that. That's the only I mean, there's there's like temporary construction easements. And there are. Like that's that. true. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's tied to the time of the construction, and then implicitly when the construction's done, it's done. I suppose you could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose you could. I'll double check it, but I suppose yeah. you could. Uh, the GIF they uh, seem to be okay with that, but I'll get a formal response. Okay. And then if, if they're okay with it, and, uh, and we make we can change it to five years, and the property owners are okay with it, um, then we can use the template for every other situation to okay. apply. You want the GIF to respond directly to you, or can they just send it to the borough? Oh, that's fine. Whatever. Just let me know. <laughs> okay. And uh, next one is the beefy punishment payments. Yep. Yes, uh, we have received our bill for the last re uh, nourishment. Uh, you mean the one that's in Sandy Hook now? Exactly. <laughs> um, a couple things on that. It, it's about $1.5 million that we owe. Typically, the county pays a percentage of that. In 2019, uh, we sent the county a request for, for their share. Um, and we haven't heard back from them. Uh, I, I called uh, the county engineer's office and he was looking into it because when I requested it in 19, they said, well, it's not in our budget. We have to place it in a budget, obviously. So that would have been in 2020, hopefully. But uh, the county engineer is looking into that. But so if the county pays their share, of the 1.5, it would be $636,000, and we would owe $955,000 on our portion. Mike's put together uh, a, a, a bond that would would pay our share, so that that will be forthcoming to council. Interestingly enough, we just got a letter uh, on yesterday. Yesterday. There it is. Oh, thank you, Chris. Uh, that the state is wants to know if we're interested in another nourishment project for the spring of 2023. Yes. To replace some of the sand we we've lost. It's. Uh, It'd be mostly in the south end, by Bomb Beach. Well, we're, we're gonna have we're gonna we're gonna have to. I mean, the the the. the they gave me areas. That it, well, the beach, oh. I'll tell you this much, the beach, the beach by, right by Tradewinds Lane, we've got about 10 feet from the high water mark to the dunes. Thank you, Chris. I didn't they see can't that. even get the beach right down there anymore because there's not enough room. It's just, it's gone. Um, so, you know, if they don't, they don't nourish it, 
sooner or later it's going to be lapping at the seawall. And right now it is lapping at the seawall right in front of Driftwood. And that's the area. That section, that section by Driftwood, right, right. It's it, the high water line is literally hitting the seawall. So, Joe, just to back up a little bit. So, our 955, we go to bonding for 10 years or whatever it is, not 95k a year, a year in the bonding scheme. A lot of money, but it sounds like something we owe and we did. We do. A lot of that's gone. This is about a replenishment in the spring of next year. Correct. With a targeted area being sort of the southern part of town. It. It. it Yes. And does it identify the anticipated share cost for us? No, they 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 said it's 675,000 cubic yards, but it doesn't give us our cost estimate. I can I, I I don't know. Is they're going to have to extend that up to Is there any comparison we can do with the cost of the last one, 675,000 yards? I'm going to look at what the last yeah. one was. So it, I, I think before we say yes to this, here's the area as much as pass like around, to pass it around, John. We've got to make sure we're not signing up to $2 million. Well, there, there, there's, there's that, and we have to make sure that, that it's clearly defined as to what, what other you know, parties may, may share in that before sure. we commit. So that's, that's fair. And most of this is Fed subsidized, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the majority of it is paid for by the Fed. Absolutely. Well, so we, we wouldn't. It's still paid for by the taxpayer. It's yeah. just a matter of which I mean, we wouldn't turn away from it, but we got to do it eyes open. <clears throat> I just, I, I, I just wish the Army Corps of Engineers would change their way of doing stuff instead of this typical lather, rinse, repeat that they're doing every year, every five years. I mean, I get, I, I mean, I, I understand it's, a, it's an easy way to guarantee yourself twenty-five to fifty million dollars every five years, but I mean, it doesn't work. Literally, they're taking sand from up north, starting south pouring that sand into a moving river, literally, and, cause it, and, and it's ending right back up at, at Sandy Hook before it even settles. And I don't think the groins really help anymore. I, I, they seem to, you have a beach up to the groin and then past the groin. It, 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 it's, yeah, well, it's been doing that since, it's been doing that for as long as those things have been in there. Um, you know, you go I don't think their intended purpose works, really. No, no. They, but there's, there's different ways of doing it. There's, there's a number of different ways of doing it. There's the, uh, the sand motor thing that they did out in Netherlands, which they basically take the sand and pump it straight out into like a peninsula type of thing, which creates a secondary hook. And then that collects sand on either side and expands outward, which has worked wonders, but that's on, that's in the North Sea. It's a different, you go see it? huh? You go see I, I would like to actually. Um, and then there's, and you know, and then the other way is if they just started at Sandy Hook and pumped south, and they, all they would do is extend the hook down rather than taking it and just pumping it right back in. So, I mean, there's other ways of doing it. They just don't want to do it. I mean, just looking at this quickly, this picture makes it look like it would stop just north of Donovan's. Just north of Donovan's? Yeah. We gotta, if they're gonna do it, it's gotta come all the way out here. Otherwise it's, otherwise it's pointless. Well, I mean, the sand migrates, well, well we'll take it. The sand migrates this way anyway. Okay, Joe, you'll give us more on this. I know this. Yeah, I I'm trying to find it, but I'll, I'll get an email to you, folks, of how much, how many cubic yards that this replenishment was, and they they did tell me it's 657. If I remember correctly, that was the same. That that was that was the same. The one from the last time it did the same thing. It stopped at Donovan's. Just to give us a figure and merit of estimate in the cost share. I mean, either way, regardless of what they do, it has to get done because 
our, our beach is gone. It, it, no. yeah. the, the first, the first in, a nor'easter we have in the spring, in the fall, we're going to have 30 feet out here. That's it. Yeah, the reality is, Joe, and I don't think there's anything we can do about this. As Kevin just said, right, between Seabright Village and Trade Winds North, that dune is going to get unwind within the next couple of weeks. We can't touch that sand, can we? If we wanted to do something, well, we we can apply for a permit to do that. We're allowed like one foot per something, if I recall. Because next spring, I mean, it's close, right? Because it's supposed to be a seven-year cadence. And it was two years ago that they were punishment. so that's scary. But next spring will be like a three-year period. But between now and next spring, as Kevin said, the water will be against the seawall. Yeah. At this, at the northern end of Trade Wind, southern end of Seaway Village. So we are allowed. Maybe Greg, you can look into that for yeah, me a little bit. It's mostly ready for slope also. It, yes. Yeah. But I'll look into that. It has to. It can't be lower than their template or something that the Army Corps yeah, has done. We would. Well, their template. Their template's a lot higher than what is there now. I well, then we may not be able to scrape. We're, we're actually at the same point as we were after Irene and then when Sandy came, because they, they, the trees that used to be yeah, there, yeah. I, they went with Irene and then there was nothing when Sandy came. So and we're at 10 years ago. The other question is, you know, kids are having a ball jumping off the cliff right now because it's about a seven foot drop, six, seven foot drop. Liability if somebody falls there, do we have any? I don't think so because it's federal, technically. And that, that may be the high water line. The high water lines east is federal. That, that, that may be, but that, that doesn't mean if something happened that they, they wouldn't try to come out. Of course, yeah. Yeah. we're always property, you could sue anyone. If it's your property and it's a dangerous condition, um, and your actions in terms of keeping people away from it or remedying are something more than palpably unreasonable, yes, and you have. Um, Liability issues. Um, if we own the land, if you own it, that's, that's, that's only it. Only applies to dangerous condition on your. No, we sold it. We, well, we don't. We don't own the wall, and somebody fell off of it and sued, and it's probably going to win something. Actually, that actually that did happen. Yeah, that's uh, why I'm saying that happened uh, by Eventot and now by Edgewater. Yeah, that's why I'm saying uh, about two years ago, the, and I don't believe she won the case. That, 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 the, that the proximate cause of, of the loss was the wall. <laughs> And, and even if the fall happened when like, they started on the wall, that there's... Is there any postings now? Uh, yeah, there's no one that... But no, if somebody, somebody fell like two years ago, broke her arm, and I don't believe she won the case. So. Well, she settled with it. Oh, did she? Yeah. Joe, for me, the question right now is you got a couple things. One is the, the, the tractors can't even get down there. Correct. Right, because it's so narrow. So whether or not we can maintain the beach. The second thing is, if we don't remediate somehow, the dunes are going to be undermined and the water is going to be against the wall. The third question is, if somebody falls, do we have liability? And all of that to me points to, should we do something between now and the spring? Well, one, I, I could ask uh, Dominic Sinelli, our risk manager, about that today and get one answer for that. But uh, I'd look to Greg to give me some answers on what we can do to scrape it you know, level it, do something so there's not a seven, yeah. you know, six or seven foot drop there. And obviously, the associated cost with that and whether or not where, where that's coming from. So that, that's the. Well, if the dunes do their job, hopefully they won't be undermined. 
but I mean, because I've seen it down to Monmouth Beach where it's been doing that. Yeah, that grass is you, you end up with like a, you know, you see all the roots from the, uh, from the uh, dune grass, but, yeah, which are ten times longer than the top half of the dune grass, which is amazing. When you're talking, could you ask if we can have a meeting with um, one of their engineer types? Just, uh, Talk about some of the things that Kevin brought up. You're talking the Army Corps of Engineers. I yeah. seriously. Well, no, we could meet. We could meet with uh, Division of Coastal Management from the state. Uh, that's who. They're they're the conduit from from the right. feds. Right. So Sarah Bates, the, the 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 woman that sent us, uh, she's always available. She'll help. So. She'll come. I mean, the real good news. I mean, we're paying for it. We should have some say in what they do. We we can have her. She come to a workshop. The real good news for us is this is an added cycle replenishment that we're maybe paying 3% of. It. I don't know what the actual number is. I think the Fed picks up 90%. Right? Yeah, it's, a, it's somewhere in the range of, I, th I think the last one was somewhere in the range of 25 the million. Blood of the town, which is the beach. Yeah, I don't know that you ever want to turn down a beach replenishment no. program. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, if we have to do something in the interim to mitigate the current situation, we have a look at that. Thank you, Chris. What we would do and how to do it, I think that's something that we, given right. what this is, we have to do. I think the big thing, though, is if they are doing it, that it, whatever they do comes all the way down here. Because if it stops at Donovan's, it's kind of I don't silly. think, I, I've been, they've been out there measuring. Yes. We're not going to tell them, go somewhere you don't think you need to go. They'll say, thank you for your input. I'll, I'll talk to Sarah. Let me, you know, she's, she's easy to talk to. <clears throat> Say, hey, Sarah, did you look up here? <laughs> well, it was a problem last time. They stopped at Donovan's, and it was like, you know, the, first, the, 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 the time before that, they did all the way over here. They did North Beach, too. And North Beach. They did the whole thing, and then the last time, they stopped at Donovan's, and that was it. They didn't. But actually, the first... The, the, First time it was 2000, it was just after Sandy? Just after Sandy. Just after Sandy, they did the, almost the entire East Coast. I mean, all, all of New Jersey, they almost did almost the whole, everything. They were, they were here for almost two years doing that. They were going, they went from Asbury all the way to Sandy Hook, I think they pumped it in. If she would come up, I'd like. I'll ask her. Thank you, Joe. Concerns about the area up by the Highlands Bridge is a very sharp drop off up there also. And and to Jeff's point, we got a towns county. Sorry. Yeah, I, that's I, yeah. We <laughs> kind of let that go because we hadn't had the bill. I mean, I Chris found the uh, we we passed a resolution. We sent the agreement that was necessary, and uh, and the county engineer when I talked to him, he said, "Oh, you know, let me." Find out. Can we, send, can we send our bill collector over there to <laughs> knock on their door? And get there? <laughs> in the in the event that that, um, that continues to be an issue, there are other doors to knock on over there. So um, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah, I have one other discussion I for you. Um, we were advised by the public department these guys they found some loose boards up at the Anchorage Pavilion on the handicap ramp. We went up and looked at that. There's a structural problem with one of the supports. One of the columns has failed. So the header across from column to column is settled and it's twisting everything up in there. So we've come up with a temporary um, sketch to temporarily support that one column. We're going to probably do both sides just in case you know, the failure is put on the other side. But that's something that's going to have to be taken apart after summer and reconstructed because that's all just, it's, it's a piece of wood that was bad in the column. 
and it's not usually, it's not a common thing, but it's a problem. One thing I would recommend is that we look at the rest of them, we'll do an inspection on the rest of them just to make sure this isn't elsewhere. But the one thing that we did find when we were there is that the Anchorage Pavilion, the showers are actually on top of the boardwalk. And if you can imagine wood getting wet pretty much 12 hours a day, it's just imminent failure coming our way. So that's something I think after the summer we might want to look at turning the showers around to the board at the beach. But we've had on the beach side of that uh, walkway. Because right now you can even see it's starting to eat away at the wood underneath and it's not that good. So I'll, I'll, we'll do it for the next time. I'll come back and look at the rest of them and kind of try to figure out what we're going to do with that shower. Because those are all uh, pressure treated six by sixes under there, right? And pressure treated is good, but it's not intended to be wet 24 hours. Yeah, no, I know. And uh, Joey, Joey Esridge caught that, so good yes, catch yes. from him and the yes. Public Works Department. They are also um, to they're also also looking at some of, uh, some repairs on the uh, Shrewsbury River, uh, the Shrewsbury Way um, overpass there. The public access, yeah. Public yep. access stairs. Yeah. Oh, it's already done. So they made a couple repairs there. Jack pointed them out, and I sent Dave down. Dave down with one of the guys to fix it. We do have a lengthy closed session. Yeah, just the resolutions you see on there, eight of them. I have another one to add already for the Cannabis Committee. Okay. Right. There may be another one or two, I don't know. Okay, thank you. How many of the resolutions have the rank that I made? Do you feel over to the information? Right. Just support the application. Okay. Anybody have any questions on the resolution? Nope. No. All right. Actually, one point I wanted to add, one thing I wanted to ask, did we ever, um, I know it was, it was Roger handling it, but did we ever get any feedback from the Hatter in regards to that liquor license? Uh, Roger wrote a letter last week to the uh, EDA requesting a face-to-face -face meeting with them to resolve the, the, the one outstanding, the, the, the major lien they have on the property. But I don't believe we got an answer on the liquor license. So. But it's is it on? I haven't heard anything. But it's not on for next week. No, right? no, we weren't no. going. We weren't going to renew it from. But the, like Roger's idea was to have us take over the ownership, quote unquote, of that um, to go with the property. I don't know. Okay, Rich, maybe you can ask Roger. I, or I'll ask him when I talk to him. Well, apparently they well, the just. Apparently they just sold their. They're in the process of selling their property on North Beach. So. Two point six. It's going for. It can't be renewed until they get a decision from the director. A special room? For 1239. Okay. So we have to wait for that. And I think Roger did contact the director's office the, to discuss it, okay. what's happening with it. What property is for sale? Is it being sold? The Kelly's um, house property. Oh. Private property. Yeah, the okay. private property, yeah. Joe, just a, a quick summary, if I could, just to make sure we're all on the same page and we're out of situation. So the Supreme Court ruled in favor of us having control of the property. We're in the process of working with the lien holders to determine something that can be done to hopefully bring the outstanding liability to a point that we can connect the dot with somebody interested in purchasing the property. Correct. The third point is not renewing a liquor license in their name, but rather in the town's name effectively so that we can transfer it potentially to a buyer if they want to use it to so, increase the value of the property. Correct. And trying to make all of that happen in a time frame to determine the way forward. So that we don't wait 
years and years and years. We're that's, sort of, that's sort of the summary of what's happening. You got it. Okay. That was perfectly I, I, put, I too. Roger, <laughs> I, I know Roger had, um, had, had asked uh, for some assistance with the EDA. I asked some feelers there um, to help push that along. So I thought, I'll, you know, as that develops, right, and use on that report back. Thank you. Yes, I saw your correspondence with Roger. Thank you. Good. That's what we have then. Motion for? Motion to uh, close the regular meeting and move into the executive session. So moved. Second. All in favor? Aye. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.